Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unfolding Sharp Corners, a podcast creating a community space to discuss all the taboo topics we're told not to talk about. I'm Barthi Rupani, and this is my co-host. Hi, everyone. I'm Sherry Arasachin. And in each episode, we'll be unfolding a sharp taboo topic, exploring a variety of perspectives, and finding a new relationship to it. All right, let's get started. Hi, everybody. Hello. We Hi, have, Clarissa. Yes, Hi. we have a guest today. Clarissa, how are you? Good. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, thank absolutely. You We're on. excited to chat with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So could you tell us uh, maybe your, like, your name, who you are, a little bit about you, and what we're talking about today? Yeah, so my name is Clarissa Frank, and my pronouns are she, her, and uh, culturally I identify as a Chinese and American. I live in Amsterdam, but I'm from the west coast of the U.S., and I um, I work as a coach, creative, and facilitator and consultant, and today, I guess we're going to explore my story as the child of an immigrant, of a Chinese immigrant. So, Yay. yeah. Yay. yeah. <laughs> and um, tell us, what's, what is um, taboo or sharp about the topic that we're going to be exploring with you today? Mm. Oh, that's a really good question. I think, yeah, part of it is like, that some a lot of it is my story and then some of it also belongs to my mom and her family and so there feels like especially coming from an Asian culture like um you know there's I feel like there's some delicacy of like how much do I share how much is like um too personal and so uh but also realizing that yeah majority of the story is my own and this is like and it makes up part of it makes up who I am and like the beauty of the story I get to keep creating as well. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's interesting that you said like how much of it is mine, mine to share. And um, I, I think this is pretty common in uh, East and South Asian cultures. We tend not to speak about our um, customs, our, our practices, our stories. And it's not a part, it's not to like not share. It's because we hold them in such high regard. We keep them closed. Um, so, so it's just really interesting when you said that, cause that definitely resonates with me. I know that in my family, we have that, um, Sorry, that's just motorcycles driving by. <laughs> no, no, I love that. Yeah, it does feel like somewhat sacred and like, mm-hmm. yeah, really special uh, part of me. And so uh, I've started to share more and more recently, but I think it's still, yeah, still kind of fresh and new, like the piece, some of the newer pieces I'm sharing. Yeah, yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about that new edge this unfolding that's happening in this moment today yeah I think I yeah so a little bit of background I guess is that my mom and her family immigrated to the U.S. in the 70s (laughs) like what decade was it the 70s I'm pretty sure uh 
and from Hong Kong and um, they moved to Colorado. And so like to be an Asian family in Colorado at the time, like really um, sticking out, I guess, not like being some of the only Asian family there. And so like, um, what's interesting is like right now is I'm kind of connecting their journey to my current journey, which uh, is as like an immigrant living in Amsterdam. And although Amsterdam itself is like a pretty international city and filled with like a lot of different cultures and um, races, ethnicities, everything, um, in different parts of Europe or the Netherlands, I do stick out. <laughs> like people do see me as just this one thing or this um, this one piece of me. And and so, yeah, I think that's what I've been dissecting maybe a little bit more, if that makes sense. Yeah, like the parallels of you going on a very similar journey to your mother's family. Um, and it's just interesting to me to, again, this the story resonates. My parents and I were talking about um, what if we were to like move to a different, like, what if I was to move to a different country, what would that look like? Granted social media and like, you know, Al Gore's internet, like gives us a lot of like really cool things in our hands, but, um, I, I can't even imagine what that's like for you to have like a whole life and then decide to uproot and go to a different country altogether. So what have you learned? Yeah. Well, what's interesting, bringing in that piece of the internet, what's interesting is that like with the internet, like, yeah, I can still be pretty deeply connected to like America, which like right now, even uh, you all are in the States. And so, yeah, so that's really interesting. That can be so deep, so deeply connected still to friends and family in this like virtual <laughs> way, uh, which yeah, my my parents and or my mom and her family obviously didn't at the time. And uh, but yeah, what I'm what a big piece that I'm learning, or two big pieces I think I'm learning. One is like I always felt kind of like an outsider in the States. And part of that was like, um, like always constantly being asked like where I'm from, where I'm really from, what am I? And like, even though it's like, I'm from California, <laughs> like, you know, so, and like those kinds of things. And so always kind of feeling to be made or feeling like an outsider. And it, like a big part of like being in Amsterdam and as we were talking in our pre-chat, it wasn't my first destination, <laughs> my uh, first place I would have chosen to live or anything, but I really felt like belonging there. And I think a big piece of that is even though like I'm an outsider there, technically, like I've chosen to be an outsider. And so when people ask me where I'm from or where I'm really from, because that still, question still gets asked, uh, I can just like say that like I'm an American, that's it, like an end of story kind of thing. And I get, actually, I've like been claiming more of my Americanness in some way, because I get like, I don't have to like divide myself like I felt like I had to um, growing up here in the States as much. Um, I also, and like, and to show people that like, Amer like being an American can look really different. Like it doesn't look like 
the Barbies you see on TV, I guess. So it can look like multicultural and yeah, like I can be the product of an immigrant and be an immigrant myself, you know? So like also that piece. And then I guess the second big thing I'm learning, especially going back to that parallel of thinking my mom and her family is like when they moved here, a lot of the decisions they had to make were based on survival and like what they had to do in the moment and like and then eventually based on like what you know society expectations like going to college going to um become a doctor engineer you know those kinds of things and it's funny enough like none of my mom's siblings are my immediate cousins i guess none of us or some of us did like engineering and things like that but um yeah anyways they yeah they just had like kind of like this is the ladder that you climb and this is what you do. And now being in Amsterdam, like, and having some privileges of like income and different things and being American as well as a privilege, like I can like make different decisions. I can create my own story and um, I can, what I've, on a journey right now is like choosing flourishing and choosing decisions that help me to flourish and thrive instead of like just decisions based on survival and it's still a journey (laughs) still uh, processing that and working on that but uh, yeah that's where I am currently at. Yeah I kind of want to hear about like the moment maybe when you were surviving or living with that mindset that we inherit and then and then the that transition into realizing it and to shifting into something different um what's what's that part of your story like yeah I think yeah this is a good question I think that this I started realizing it because something I struggle with is like comparing myself to others stories in in Amsterdam, this like lively multicultural city, there's a lot of immigrant expat stories to compare yourself to. Right. And so I like, I moved there for love actually. So some people call me a love pat, which is like a love expat, (laughs) which I don't really love that term. That's like what I have been referred to in the past anyway. So, Hmm. um, yeah versus a lot of people move there with a job already and like all these other benefits and stuff but I moved there for my partner with nothing really uh, starting over from scratch and so yeah it just kept like comparing instead of being like no like I already have like a base I have education I have work experience I can build from here especially like thinking career-wise you know and like I like we have enough and like to survive and live off of I'm not like fighting for food or shelter or you know those basic needs like I can like I can start to shift my perceptions or like my perspectives I guess is um is what happened so I guess like realizing I was like comparing myself to other people and then like that was kind of pointless in a lot of ways. Like I wasn't going to get a sponsored job at that point or like all these other things that I was hoping to get from them. And so um, coming to terms with that and then being like, okay, so like what is the perspective I actually want to choose? Like 
from here. And so you chose flourishing. Or yeah, I'm choosing flourishing. I feel like when choosing <laughs> flourishing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm not. Again, it's like I don't. And again, maybe this is like some saboteur voices saying like I'm not flourishing yet, or you know. But like, so it feels like every day is like, a, yeah, every day I keep having to make the choice. It's like it's not just like I chose it one day and like now I'm gonna start flourishing. It feels like every day. <laughs> yeah, it's like every day. It's like I feel like there is a decision. Like okay, do because. Yeah, like I right now I'm building my coaching business, and so it's always like this decision of like, okay, do I take, especially like if thinking about career, do I take this job because like it's gonna like, just give me a little bit more extra padding or safety, or do I spend that time and energy towards my business and like which may pay off later, you know? And that like feels more flourishing versus this is more survival, and so it's like always those constant mm. um, decisions, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. How do you, um, in our language of coaching, like talk to that saboteur? How do you talk to that inner voice about like enoughness and like you have enough and you want to flourish and what's in that very moment, you know, maybe not that moment or like a different moment that might be really hard to choose between survival and flourishing. Like, how are you speaking to yourself to help you choose flourishing? Yeah, what I'm really and through coaching, obviously, but uh, through coaching with my own coach and stuff, it's like really learning and uh, to listen with compassion to the saboteurs and like because you know, especially being mixed or like uh, an Asian, like having people being telling me that I'm not enough of this or that, like my whole life, and like. Um, and that's like seeped into my own kind of inner critic, inner thoughts. Um, Just like talking. Yeah. Just having like listening to those thoughts with compassion. I mean, like, yeah, I hear that's, I hear why you're scared, like scared. I hear why uh, you you feel that way. And like, just being like, it's going to be okay. Like, you know, like there's going to, this is just like a little wall or something you have to climb over, you know, like there's something on the other side. And I think that's been the power of like going through coaching and being coached and everything. It's like, like visioning what I really want and what I, um, yeah, visioning what I really want so that it's like, okay, this is just like a little obstacle in the way, or this is like, it may be not even an obstacle. I want to start reframing that even. It's like, oh, this is a little bunny that I get to talk to on the side of the road or path, you know? I'm like, okay, bunny, it's okay. Let's keep like walking down the path together. I don't know. It's kind of a cheesy no, it's so <laughs> metaphor, <cute>. but yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So I'll, even in having self-compassion that there's like compassion for the part of you that is harsh or or maybe feeling scared or um wanting to protect you um yeah yeah exactly I think like a lot of again I think it's common in a lot of immigrant um children of immigrants is like uh, we have very heavy like self-protection behaviors like attitudes thoughts whatever and um yeah and being like okay yes the world is scary and there's going to be scary things out there but like yeah it's gonna like we're gonna be okay we're safe right here and now and so yeah 
Yeah. I'm definitely resonating with the, like, we have a lot of self-protection <laughs> thoughts and behaviors. Um, I'm thinking about our listeners who might be resonating as well. Like, could you share, you know, what either in your own life or perhaps with folks that you've worked with um, or that you've seen in your understanding of this, like what some of those behaviors might be or, or um, how people work with them? Mm. yeah so how they show up I guess in my life is like I procrastinate a lot like on things that I want like especially things that I really want to do or like really like have like these big ideas or dreams about I kind of keep putting them off um, because I don't I'm scared that I'll be rejected or um, yeah probably the biggest thing is that I'll be rejected uh and then also yeah like I pull away like in terms of like personal relationships or things like I block or I pull away or just like um disappear for a little bit you know and I think those are all ways that I protect for myself from like being hurt yeah especially relation and relationships and community as, as well so yeah how does this tie with I know you talk a lot about our worth um, and the beauty of that, could you tie that for us? Show us what that connection is. Yeah, I think, yeah, for me, find like really getting to see and understand our worth is like kind of slowly peeling back these layers of protection that we've built up for so long. And again, I think they start, especially for BIPOC, BIPOC or, you know, like, and, and children of immigrants or immigrants, like it's, they start being built like since we were kids, you know, when kids, when other kids are making fun of us and adults say like really aggressive, microaggressive things to us. Uh, and so, yeah, it's like going back and like, yeah, just peeling layer after layer off and like, um, yeah, and see, it's like, almost, for me, I feel like I want to see like that shining piece of you, like kind of dig in and find like those shining pieces. And I, I, what I feel like passionate about and good at is like, yeah, seeing the shine beneath all that, those layers. And so, um, yeah. I love that 100%. Um, I, I'm imagining you um, like with a mirror. I don't know why, but that's like a mirror. And then like people get to see their light with you. Um, yeah, Barthi, were you going to ask something? Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I love that analogy that you made, Sherry. I was just going to say, I love that the mirror and you get to show it to folks. I was yeah, also I think that's like, part... go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's part of our work. Yeah. I think as coaches in, in mm -hmm. general, yeah, it's like to show people, yeah, those pieces of themselves mm -hmm. that maybe they don't see yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about what you said about how you can claim being an American um, and that that feels more mm -hmm. integrated um, mm -hmm. when you're able to claim that in Amsterdam. Um, and I'm, I don't know, just thinking about the same journey, but in, in terms of worth and like your own uh, we've sort of talked about that journey in the sense of like saboteurs and, and critic voices, but, or behaviors. Um, how's it been to like be seeing your worth, your own worth more and more 
um, as you go through this. Yeah, scary and exhilarating <laughs> at the same time, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, sometimes it's surprising and um, yeah, it's surprising to see parts of myself that like, oh yeah, like I used to be pretty confident and like a go-getter, like when I think about being a kid and like I was the kid that started neighborhood clubs and like wanted to put on shows for our parents and like that kind of stuff and that that kid kind of slowly disappeared and so there's some grief in being that's why yeah I talked about compassion earlier it's like there's some grief in like that that part of me got lost over the years um or you know just kind of like stayed hidden maybe not lost but just like hid herself over the years um and so yeah, there's some grief in that, but then there's some, yeah, excitement and, and joy, like feeling, oh, okay, like, but what else is still there to unearth and to bring out for more people to see? And, um, and again, that's sometimes that's scary because like one of my biggest fears, I think, is, yeah, to be rejected, to be told that I, that I don't belong. And so, um, yeah, another yeah I'm trying to think of new ways of like playing with that fear I think too of like uh, of showing up and still feeling authentic and true to myself I guess but um I'm really curious about you talked a little bit about um having the courage to start exploring this journey but I'm really curious about, you know, what was that, that moment where you're just like, I'm living too small or I'm like living in fear. And like, what was that turnover moment, I guess? Yeah, I would say, hmm. Well, I started like my coaching journey, like over, like in 2019, I guess. So now two years ago, which feels <laughs> weird to say. Which, yeah, which doesn't <laughs> feel really weird because I <laughs> I started it in 2000. I, I mean, I formally took my classes in 2018. And Sherry, I think you did 2019. Yeah. Which, yeah. And it's just like, it's 2021. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why it's like, okay, wait. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I think that like towards the end of like our training and stuff, it did it took I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna be a coach, but something it was like something else was calling me. I was like, I, it's not just be a coach, but like to be a voice for something, but like what is that something? And I think like for a lot of people, um, I think the murder of George Floyd like really opened up um something for me that I'd been like opened up a part of me that I hadn't been thinking about since I lived in the States um, because yeah, because of having the privilege of like living abroad and I'd been traveling before I moved to Amsterdam as well. And so like, um, it was like, and I was seeing a lot of conversations in mixed spaces saying like, well, where do I belong? Like, I can't like, I not BIPOC enough. I'm not real, but I'm not white because I still have faced racism. Like, um, and so just being stuck and I was like, we can't just be stuck. <laughs> we need to like, we need to 
be out there do like doing saying things you know and and so that's when I started thinking like okay this is what I this is like the catalyst for everything else and so like it took a few months after that um but I I'm just really passionate about this idea that like especially mixed folks like we're one of the fastest growing demographics in the world and like when I say mixed I'm talking about like mixed race but also like multicultural folks so like and immigrant expats um transracial adoptees um BIPOC people like we're all like mixed culturally ethnically racially and so um as the fastest growing demographic we can't afford to be just like stuck and like still processing our identities forever and ever like and so I was like okay if as a coach I can help people move them from this like stuck place forward like I need to start (laughs) doing that for myself as well so um yeah I don't I think I answered your question (laughs) yeah (laughs) I I went off on a tangent but yeah yeah you did you totally answered my question and I I just have something small to share um we the other day I was having a conversation with my team and we were just talking about um right and wrong or something, something along those lines, right or wrong. Um, and, and I, I was, you know, I interjected and I was just like, what even is right or wrong? What is even true or false? Like nothing is absolute. Right. And so we, and this applies to mixed, non-mixed, I think, because none of us are like, hundred percent something or like zero percent something right we're all living in some kind of range here um you may be south asian like myself and be a child of an immigrant first generation first generation to go to college first generation to do a lot of different things right but am i a hundred percent south asian or a hundred percent american or a hundred like i'm none of the like i'm I'm living in somewhere in a different range. And I think that that applies for anyone with stories like that, whether you're, you're the immigrant or you're the child of an immigrant or you're a first generation something or a mixed, um, you know, a, a mixed person, like whatever, biracial, it doesn't, like you're living in some different range. <laughs> and for us to like force people to like pick absolutes is just such it's such garbage. (laughs) So, so yeah, that's my little bit of philosophy for everyone. There is no right or wrong or true or false or anything. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. And I think like, you know, I think like as yeah, identities expand and like, even I think of like right now, my partner is Spanish and I am Chinese American. If we have kids, like what's and if we have kids in Amsterdam, like what is that experience going to be like for them? Like, you know, it's like, I think right now, you know, systems and individuals like want to, you know, put us in boxes and put people in boxes, right? For you to like easily categorize and- We love labeling. <laughs> yeah, exactly, labeling, exactly. And I just wrote a post about this, but just like, and I don't know what it looks like. I think I'm still exploring this myself, but like, what's it look like to like see our identities as expansive instead of like, yeah, just this, like, we have to contain it. I have to be Asian or I have to be for myself Asian or I have to be white. Like, 
Okay, I'm both. I like my my physical body is holding <laughs> both right. right now. So like, <laughs> and uh, being an American and living in Europe, like it's like you're and, all of these things. <laughs> yeah, create. I am a creative. I like giving workshops. Like you know, all the things that I like and love and that make up me like are in this physical body. And so like, yeah, I don't know. Like I think the more people like starting to share their stories and talk and like all these things like maybe that's how it becomes expansive is that way it's just like learning from each other but I don't know yeah what are your thoughts I guess (laughs) yeah I I don't know I think that that's true I also um this going going back to you know people asking you well what are you really and you for the first time being able to claim just American and end it there um I also think that we have to start answering that question with the expansiveness too and instead of just saying things like oh I'm from New Jersey or I'm from Connecticut whatever um I'm gonna start answering from my mother's womb or like (laughs) earth or something like something really big like (laughs) and then how are you gonna respond to that (laughs) because I am from everywhere Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I and like, and maybe we have to start asking different questions too to yes. like change the conversation. It's like change the conversation. Of like, I think you know people in Amsterdam, especially like, always make fun of Americans because we always of ask course. like, "How are you?" <laughs> like you know, and we use that as a greeting. We're not actually interested. I mean, some people are. Right. Okay. Some people are interested, <laughs> but like most people are not interested in how you are. It's just like a basically like saying hello, you know, but like, yeah, what are some other questions we can ask that like, you know, throw people off a little bit to start changing the conversation? I, yeah, I don't know if you all have any that you use, but I haven't thought about it yet, actually. I think like the question of um, like around people's passions or what they're curious about lately, um, things like that might be like I had a person ask me like what is the one thing I need to know about who you are as a person and they had just met me and I was like oh uh I'm gonna sit with that for a second and have to think about that and then we had an hour-long conversation just based on that one question and I don't I know a little bit about what that person does but like that was it. I, I don't, I haven't seen that person in a year, but that conversation has stuck with me. Um, and that person has stuck with me. Um, I think that that's like moving away from those sort of standard questions is great. And then the other, like to echo with Barthi, what you were saying, like, I think the word for me right now that covers this range is like, I think the word spectrum, right. Cause it's used in like gender and sexuality, but it's, I think that's like the way we have to think about everything. Yes. Yeah. Spectrum um, is a great word. Spectrum and like fluid. Mm-hmm. Those are like the words that to me feel like things can shift and change and not be one thing and not, and not just, even if they are one thing on that spectrum that that mm-hmm. can change too over time. I, it just gives so much space for all the possibilities which naturally like our brains it is a little more challenging to hold it because we're we are like our brains want safety and control Mm -hmm. and want things to be in boxes too um but yeah like how do we build that muscle to hold 
all of that yeah. complexity and nuance. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right, Clarissa, like this growing population of folks that are mixed or that are migrants and expats and are, are doing that because they're living, you're literally, like you said, you're embodying it. Yeah, exactly. I really love what you said about, yeah, it being a spectrum or and fluid. And I think like, even going back to what I was talking about earlier, like my journey to flourishing, I guess is like, okay, like, even if like, one day I'm not, you know, like my glass is like, almost empty or you know a quarter full as <laughs> depending how you want to look at it like it can still be flourishing even as, if it that day doesn't feel like full to me um and yeah I think yeah there's a lot of power and I guess that's a lot of power when we think of things as like more fluid and on a spectrum I think too so um I'm also really curious about, you know, when, you know, when you act, when you did have that courage and we, we talked just now about, you know, what that moment was like. And we also talked about you right now, it feels like a spectrum even, but I guess my question is around what, um, what was that fire that was like, you need to change. Like, <laughs> the, damn it, I can't live like this anymore. <laughs> I think so, at some point it just gets too painful, right? Like, yeah. it's like, I think there's too much anxiety and, um, and depression, to be honest, and like too much um, unmet expectations that it was like, okay, yeah, my expectations of life or career weren't being met, but like, that doesn't mean I have to be miserable. <laughs> it doesn't mean, um, I don't know, they just got to a certain point that like, life doesn't have to look this way. Like, and who told me that life had to look like this certain mm-hmm. way, or I had to yeah. achieve A, B, and C, like, okay. Um, and yeah, just I think like, they got yeah, just a lot, like a lot of these different pieces, but even like speaking of power is like, how many times have I given my power away and like getting, I think I got taste of like what it felt like to be empowered, empowered in my own life. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that, that's what it's like. Mm-hmm. How do I get more of that? <laughs> like, Wait, what was that? What, I want to hear about like when you tasted power and, 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 mm-hmm wanted more of that (laughs) yeah same (laughs) yeah I think sometimes it was like little things of like I had the courage like so when I first moved to Amsterdam I had no work and I was networking like crazy like on 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 LinkedIn and stuff because LinkedIn well LinkedIn is very popular but they're like 80 90 percent of the workforce is on LinkedIn so I was on LinkedIn like every day networking and stuff and like whenever I could make a connection with somebody and like feel like um yeah, we would have coffee together or whatever at that time. We could meet in person to have coffee. I felt like, okay, like I took, I had control and power of like, I reached out to this person and wasn't scared. And like, they met with me and they want to keep meeting. Like some people, yeah, we had like, we grew a friendship just like out of that, you know, like, okay, I didn't get any, like, we didn't build our careers off of each other or anything, but like we became friends and like, that felt empowering like oh just by me being me sending like 
a message in my own voice and my own way of being like people connected to me. And I think like, um, yeah, like there were those moments of like, okay, when I showed somebody myself, like people, people came, there was like evidence like that I kept gathering, I think. Yeah. I, I heard agency and then authenticity and then evidence like to, to like validate yourself as you're doing that or maybe even unintentionally like being validated by like oh this is good um yeah yeah exactly yeah I love that um so you know in this journey now today um like what's on the horizon or what's like the current edge or what do you see ahead for yourself that you're I don't know if maybe moving towards or wanting to move towards Hmm. Right now, the biggest thing is like trusting myself. I think that's like, I think, yeah, I think that like, I'm also still on this journey of like digging into my worth, (laughs) like uncovering it. And um but there's also something of like trusting that I'm enough right now without doing that digging there's some trust of like I can hold I can hold space for others and like I can do it with others as well um there's trust that like just things will like things will be okay and things will work out how they will work out need to work out however your perspective is on that um so yeah I think like the current thing really um is trust Mm -hmm. I'm like enough came up like that you know that you are enough like the enoughness I I heard someone talk about being satisfiable the other day and I thought that's an it was an interesting twist on it but um but but in what I hear is like this is enough like and whatever comes comes but like you don't almost like there isn't a horizon or a journey it's just it's going to come this this self-trust exactly it's yeah it's going yeah and I think like having that self-trust is almost like that foundation of like okay I trust that like every then you know every we can keep building from there but like uh yeah and what also came up when you're talking about enoughness is like that I also have enough you know like right now I I have and then being enough like I think being like right now I'm back in the States visiting family and it's like really contrasted in my mind, my life in Europe and my life here, because I can see like how much like desire and want there is for more and more things in our, in the American culture. And like, I get sucked back into it every time I come here. I mean, I'm guilty of going, wanting to go to Target right away (laughs) and Costco and everything. Um, But yeah, like, just and I think that flows into all parts of our lives right so like I think um yeah not to rag on American culture at all or things like that but uh and who cares but it's also like yeah I just to like recognize those voices of like oh my culture is playing into like telling me I'm not enough um I think mm-hmm. that's where I'm going with it is like um is is that yeah so I have to like trust that like 
no matter what the culture is telling me, whether that's here or Europe or wherever, um, I, I am enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like a systems of oppression and especially like white dominant culture and white supremacy like disconnect us from ourselves and our bodies and our knowings and um i i love that you're telling what you're, you're experiencing and sharing is like this return almost to yourself and to 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 trust it to allow for that mm-hmm. hmm. Um, I'm curious about if our listeners, um, if there was someone who's, you know, resonating with you, resonating with your story or um, in a similar situation, like what advice would you give them or actions? Yeah, I think one like just notice those thoughts that you're having of like, you know, whether that's not being enough or feeling like you don't belong somewhere, just like labeling them, writing, like for me, writing is really powerful. So I'll write down those beliefs. And like I was saying before, like maybe instead of like writing down the beliefs and there's a lot of kind of spiritual like rituals that people are into these days like burning them whatever and I think that's great those are some ways but there's other ways like I said before like maybe it's like that cute little bunny on the path (laughs) like treating it with compassion and love and being like okay like you feel like you're not enough because of this system of oppression or this person that told you that in your life over and over again or or this situation that you were in whatever and so like and you know, like, that's where this little belief comes from. And, you know, this belief, like, I, um, from there, like, rewrite it, like, I did a workshop one time, like, rewriting your story of belonging, I think it's, like, first recognizing what that current story is, and then, you know, writing, and just taking a minute to be, like, okay, if what I currently tell myself is I'm not enough of this or that, what does it look like to be the other the opposite of that and write that down so for me like a simple way to do it in you know today would be to do that kind of journaling exercise I guess like visioning the opposite Mm. of that voice I love that yeah um is there anything you feel like um we've missed that you want to make sure to share anything that remains either in your heart or your mind that you would like to share Hmm, I think, I think we covered a lot. I really enjoyed our conversation. I feel like we've touched on a lot of like really heartfelt uh, topics that are really close to me. So I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I just say that like, I hope whoever's listening and wherever they're at in their journey that like you are, yeah, like showing yourself compassion and kindness every day, especially during these weird times and um and that yeah like that you would hopefully be yeah able to trust yourself wherever you are and so yeah that's what I'll leave it with thank you um if anyone wanted to connect with you online how should they do that where can they find you 
Yeah, the best places are on Instagram or LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram at Clarissa Frank, which is uh, K-L-A-R-R-I-S-A, Frank, F-R-A-N-K. And and LinkedIn uh, is the same, Clarissa Frank. So yeah, either way. Cool. We'll make sure to link that in our episode description. Now it's time for our Infamous lightning round. Fire round. (laughs) Fire round. Fire lightning. I'm ready. (laughs) Both. Fire lightning. Fire lightning I'm stretching because I'm like, okay, I'm stretching. (laughs) I promise it's it's painless. Um, It's more fun than anything. Okay. (laughs) All right. So you know how this works. I'll ask a question. First thing that comes to your mind, just answer with that. Um, And there's just five questions. Okay. Uh, what are you What are you afraid of? Rodents. <laughs> Rodents <laughs> is my biggest fear, <laughs> which I've come to terms with living in Amsterdam with lots of old buildings. There's lots of mice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest physical fear. The most emotional fear is what I said before, like uh, re- being rejected. I think. Yeah. What gets you up in the morning? Hmm. I'd say people and peace and peace. Those both of those words just came to mind. Like people and then like peace of like being able to like journal and have a cup of tea or coffee, depending. Yeah. Freedom is being able to do what I want when I want to do it with who I, with who I want to be with <laughs> and having the same for others. Yeah. yeah. What are you reading, listening to, or watching right now? Oh, okay. I, <laughs> uh, reading my grandmother's hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great book. <laughs> yeah it's it's like I'm slowly digesting it I think right now uh listening to I haven't been listening to that many podcasts recently I listened to your episode actually on the children of immigrants (laughs) before we met because I was like oh I need to listen to a a podcast I'm gonna listen to that one (laughs) Um, and then watching Oh my goodness, we just, my, I'm here with my parents again. Last night we binged, I, when I was feeling the side effects of the vaccine, we watched uh, The Baker and the Beauty. Or the beauty. Oh yeah, yeah, The Baker, the Baker and, the and the Beauty. <laughs> so not very intellectual <laughs> stuff, no, that, but still I thought it was fun. a great show for what it is. It's time yeah. to yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we need, we all need um, that right now. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it's really good time pass, Shari. If you want to check it out, it's on Netflix. <laughs> I'll take <Yeah>. a look. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then finally, what is your first and second favorite curse word? Oh my goodness, that's unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> my first and second, you said? Yeah, first and second. Uh, I mean, fuck is usually like just a good one in all situations. And I guess second would probably be, probably be like a name. (laughs) 
like an ass or something. Like just calling someone again. They were being an ass. I think I say that <laughs> to my partner a lot. So yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, yeah. fuck was a very uh, popular yeah. answer. So that's why we modified it to to first answer. Yeah, yeah that's like, that like, just like kind of just like, flows out whenever you know, I know situation. It- <laughs> I feel like it may no longer qualify as a curse word. Like it's just so common and so useful. It should just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's essentially at its core, a curse word, but it's so everywhere and so important. Yeah. It's just so prevalent. It's like vital. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I feel like I hear it like even in like, I spend a lot of time between the Netherlands and Spain. I hear people saying it in English, like they say fuck in English instead of like Spanish or Dutch, you know, so it's like I'll hear talking and then they'll say fuck and it's like, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, 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 what do you know? Of course, do you know any Dutch cur- curse words? You have a favorite no, Dutch curse I'm word? like terrible at that. Like I've learned a few languages over the years and I'm like, maybe I was like, you know, my parents were too strict when I was little that I like, didn't <laughs> learn like Chinese cuss words or Spanish cuss words or uh, now Dutch. I, yeah, I haven't learned any. I should. Now <laughs> I feel like if any of my Dutch friends are listening, I'm going to be like, you failed me. You haven't taught me any cuss words. <laughs> you get back to us. Right? Yeah, you yeah, reach yeah. out to your Dutch <laughs> yes, friends. Yes. And like whenever you find the one that fits for you, exactly. let us know. Whatever their version of fuck is. I know. Like, like actually, that's the first one I'm going to ask my friend. <laughs> thank you well, so thank much. Thank you so much, yeah. Clarissa. We're so happy to have had you as a guest. And um, we hope to have you back on in the future and keep us posted on how things are going. Yes. Thank you both so much. This was such, yeah, such a nice and just calming conversation. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for joining us on Unfolding Sharp Corners. We consider this a community space where we can learn together. If you want to share your insights, questions, or feedback, we invite you to click the link in the episode description. We're on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode. And follow us on Instagram at Unfolding Sharp Corners. Make sure to leave a review so we can continue to explore more corners with you. See you soon.